Thank you for joining us for another night of Dungeon and Dragons. Uh, I am always your host, and I still am your host and Dungeon Master, Kenny. Uh, before I get into my illustrious party of people, Sans the Warlock, he will not be joining us tonight, uh, we would like to take a brief moment and say, uh, did you guys know that Critical Wick has new candles? New flavors? <gasps> I will continue to misrepresent this company and call them flavors, despite the fact that they are indeed scents. But criticalwick.com, they have new candles. Get the candles. It covers all of your soy-based slash dice-needing problems in one place. Criticalwick.com. Buy the candles. They're great. Uh, so who's playing our rogue? I am putting my mouth with full right now. Sorry. All right, then how about the bard? Um, I, I'm Lauren. I will be playing Vala, the Asmar bard. How about our druid? I'm Clay, playing Karak, the Erico druid. Our fighter. Hey, I'm Nick, playing Nalos, the Triton fighter. Our barbarian. Hey, this is Coop, playing Pahokwi, the Yakful barbarian. And who's playing the rogue? Hi, I'm Elise, and playing Leonora the Rogue, who also likes to start Right. So, uh, <clears throat> when we last left off, the party had just made it into, I believe, the, like, into the city proper of uh, Domer Dukas, one of the greatest uh, drow cities in the mountain range that they're in. And uh, you all were searching for a, a a powerful cleric or or holy person to remove the curse that's placed on uh, Prince Felwind. Yes, correct. I so, still think that he should be left a cat. So that's you great. are all, like I said, maybe you know, just past the foyer of the city, as it were. <laughs> yeah. And the carriage has dropped you all off at the stables. Or rather, I guess... I forgot that you guys are actually driving the, the, the carriage, so where do you take the carriage to? Um, well, we were told that the... Uh, it was like the third church on the left was where we were going. So I, as the driver, I assume we're going to drive to that church. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. So, uh, you all are immediately bombarded with the, what would be pretty standard fare to Drow Society, but I'm sure a little foreign to you all. Uh, you're just going down the street, and you notice that the streets are, uh, oddly shaped. There's, uh, there's walls, almost like five foot, six foot wide, uh, walls that are raised up about ten feet off the ground. So imagine, like, railings that are ten feet off the ground and five feet wide. Almost <clears throat> like if you took a street and then put a lane on either side of the street ten feet in the air like that. Okay. Huh. This is immediately made clear to you as to why this exists as multiple uh, merchant carts that are on the backs of large spiders walk across those as if they were just regular streets. <laughs> Whoa. 
Go this off, is like, so cool, guys. Yeah. The wall? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like, okay. it's not like a double-decker street. It's like you have your regular street here on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then instead of, like, blockades on the ground, there's, like, every 10 or so feet, there's, like, large pipes that suspend 10 feet off the ground. Uh, vertical slabs, essentially, of, of brick or concrete or whatever, uh, and the spiders walk along them. Okay. Gross. To, as, as to use vertical space more efficiently. It's about time somebody up here got the idea. <laughs> right, Nalos is like, yeah, duh. <laughs> Wasted space all the time. Look at it. <sighs> I just imagine that Nalos is just like sitting on on Chesapeake, just like, just like, see, that's just good economics right there. <laughs> I mean, like, it's a little odd. Yeah, you know, they're they're almost like crabs. They just they don't have the big grabby part. <laughs> The difference between giant spiders and giant crabs. Pincers. That's it. Everything else is exactly the same. <laughs> I mean, pretty close. <laughs> what? Yeah. There are many eyes. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, um... Do you, so you all just keep going until you see what you would discern as the third church from the left? You're starting to get really broccoli again on your end, Kenny. Okay. I don't know what much to be done about it. I was going to say, it sounded all right to me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, I guess we're just going to keep going for that. Yeah. All right, does anyone want to give me... Does anyone want to give me a religion check so you know how to spot what a church looks like? (laughs) I might even be good at this, so I'll give it a shot. Where is this? Okay. Uh, 16. Alright. So, you, uh, realize that the first, um, the first church that you see on the left is definitely not something you want to go into. It's a very drow uh, focused church. It prays to one of their gods that you don't really know much about, but you recognize the symbolism as being very drow in nature. Mm. Uh, you see a couple of buildings that you think might be churches, but you go, no, 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 there's, there's not proper symbology or, or iconography on the church on that building, so it's probably not a church. Uh, you guys do travel a little bit more of a distance past the second church you recognize is probably not what you're looking for. Uh, it seems to be a church to some sort of war god that you don't recognize. Um, just with like swords and flames and shit everywhere. You're like, I get what that place is about, and that's not that's not our bag. Too metal for us. <laughs> not today, at least. Right. Uh. And then, um, Karak, why don't you go ahead and give me uh, what's your passive perception? Actually, who has the highest passive perception in the party? That's correct. I, 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 yeah. I want to. I figured it was probably him, but I didn't want to just assume. Uh, my is fifteen. Fifteen. Uh, you notice, and no one else notices that um, 
Your kinku is missing. Necro? I thought he was in the carriage. Uh, I did too, but he's he's gone. Uh, uh well, that's not good. Although so I'm gonna look around for him. You find his spectral raven. Uh, hey, buddy. <laughs> Where's your boss. It, it it squawks at you ghastly. Uh, it do, does it like is it a special squawk? Can I tell if it if it's pointing in any direction? Do we have like a lassie moment? Do you want to give me like a handle? Is hand what what skill do we use now to handle animals? Animal handling. Is that still there? Okay. So yeah, go ahead and give me a, a handle animal. To to ask where where he is. Is he stuck in a well? <laughs> so you speak with beasts? Uh, I rolled... Sorry. I rolled a three, so... Yep. This sounds like regular old ghostly bird noises to you. So you yeah, said you're going to... everyday ghostly bird noises. Yeah. So you said you try and... Uh, you speak with beasts to it? Yeah. Doesn't... Where are you, what, what speak with beasts are you using? Doesn't that only work with like burrowing small mammals? I'm sorry, what? Doesn't that only work with burrowing small mammals? Um, I guess Anna doesn't let them speak to me. I can only speak to them. Well, are just like a druid who can actually speak with things, speak with it. Well, druid. several things that I could do. Um, several spells that I could take a little while to cast and speak with animals. Uh, could beast sense and see what it sees and try to tell it to go to Necro. I would also need to do other things like that. Um, let's, uh, let's speak with animals. And that's just... As it says on the 10 with no limitation. You gain the ability to comprehend and verbally communicate with beasts for the duration. The knowledge and awareness of many beasts is limited by their intelligence, but at a minimum, beasts can give you information about your nearby locations, including whatever they can perceive or have perceived in the past day. So, All right. Yeah. Yo. Am I missing where Furbolgs are printed? Um, in the... They're in Volos, guy. That's right, they're in Volos. I'm looking in Xanathar's like, where's everything? Uh... Sorry. So you're gonna you're gonna talk to you're gonna you speak with animals to talk to the spectral raven and what were you gonna ask it? I'm I'm gonna ask what uh, what happened to Necro. Yeah, it just kind of like squawks and goes, "Drow, take it." 
took Necro somehow without us knowing. Slaver, secret shadows. Slaver, secret shadows. Uh, is anyone familiar with uh, what goes on in Drow Cities? <laughs> um, can can I do a um? What would be like? I know the Yak folk are close, and you said that they kind of like aren't trusting of them. Can I? What kind of check would I do for uh, hearing about this stuff? Um. That would just be a, a, a knowledge check. Um, okay. But as a small aside, I was unsure about furball speak with animals. Elise. You yeah. you can do it with any animal. It just, as you already pointed out, it's one way. So you can talk to them, but they can't talk to you. Okay. But I was mistaken that it was, like, species-specific. Apparently you could also talk to plants. That's true. Far more limited, I would think, but you know. <clears throat> I told yeah. it is. Uh, all right, so with that information, what do you want to do with it? Um Figure that asking, out. Figure that out, I'll be right back. So come up with a plan. Right. Talk amongst ourselves. Well my question was is he asking you that echo or was he asking me that for my knowledge check um because now i have no idea what to do that's that's what it would appear by the simple words that his uh his familiar can speak well well to give you an idea of what i would want to do as my character is i want to find this drow and punch him like i did that house <laughs> Yeah, I think the safety of a party member takes precedence over yeah. uncursing a cat. Even a noble cat. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so you guys have a plan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... Just... What's, what's the, the familiar's name? What's... Uh, Darkness. Yeah, I was going to say, I believe, I believe the spectral raven is Darkness. Uh. <laughs> now do this in character. Darkness, <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know where Necro is? Can you find him? Uh, the spectral raven bobs its head. I think you're blinded and deafened, but you can still you still have your faculties. Like I think you can still talk to us and like relay what you're seeing. Okay. But you're experiencing what what are those in, in Game of Thrones? A warg? A warg, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're, you're kind of going through that. Like you you don't have these, but you have everything else. Okay, so uh, 
let's see. You see through Darkness's eyes, and Darkness just flies through the roof of the carriage because it's fucking ghost. Um, I don't know that the Spectral Raven actually can pass through solid objects or not. I'm just assuming because it is called a Spectral Raven. I wasn't even sure that Speak to Beast would work. <clears throat> uh, I'm, I don't know that either. <laughs> I, I think it would be totally reasonable for the Spectral Raven to be undead. But because I don't know, and this is totally like, this is not supposed to be the hard part of this. There's no reason for me to be like, well, you can't talk to him because he's undead, so go fuck yourselves. Like, this... All it does is just prove that I'm a fucking dick, so why yeah. why not let you talk to your a, a, a party member's familiar, you know? Don't make me intimidate that raven for information. How are you going to scare a dead raven? It already died. It's not... Like, what are you going to do? I'll punt it like a house. You, you, you'll punt it and your foot will fly right through it because it's a fucking ghost. Cool, I would just get in its mind. <laughs> it, it, you you try to, and it'd be like, nah, I'm gonna fly away because I'm a bird. <laughs> it's see, it's seen what you do with your music. Why would it hang around and listen? Like, it's anyway. a good thing you picked a smart animal, and it's not like a fucking spectral gopher. <laughs> uh, he doesn't. He doesn't actually get to pick the raven. The Spectral Raven, that's part of his pact. Uh, it's like a, an agent from his goddess, or like the goddess that he communes with. Gotcha. Alright, um, so... Uh, you can see through the, 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 the bird's eyes as it flies uh, through the city for a short distance, and then it dive-bombs into the side of a uh, uh, stone building that looks like a church. Uh, and it fly. I assume you just asked, is it the third church on the left? Yeah. Uh, I don't know because you're not seeing through this bird's eyes. Karak is. Uh, but it is the next church on the left. Uh, from your perspective. So, uh, it flies into the back room and Necro is chained by his feet in a line of five other Kenku who have all had their beaks roped shut. <clears throat> and their hands placed in heavy wool mittens. Looks so warm. <laughs> it seems that our, our friend is uh, at the location we were going to go anyway. The, uh, the next church on the left. Big stone building. And, uh, and it's really nice when things are convenient. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just see Darkness perch on uh, Necro's shoulder next to his other raven that just looks at him like, Sup, where have you been? <laughs> Doing work, son. Your, your lack of weight on his other shoulder has made him start to turn to the left. Anyway, uh, and and so that's, uh, I don't know, do you want to continue your bond with Darkness? Um, yeah, uh, I need someone to guide me around, but I'll, I'll continue it for, for the time being. And what information do you give to the party? Um, I 
tell him that he's in a in a back room of the, the building that we're going to. Uh, it's been chained and gloved. Do you see any drow in the room with him? Uh, Perhaps a guard. You you do see two drow in the room. Um, one of them is in like heavy robes and is kneeling before an altar. Clearly uh, in prayer. Uh, do you speak Elvish? No. Okay. Then it just, it's something you can't quite make out. Uh, but it, it's clearly a hymn or a chant of some sort. It's very rhythmic. Uh, and the other person, the other drow in the room is standing near the back door and has just barred the door and locked it with a key that they put on their key ring back on their belt. Okay. You notice that there is uh, several other beings in the room other than the, what did I say, five Kinku in total, so uh, four other Kinku on the chain. Uh, other than them and the two drow, there is a... Uh, I don't know how you'd make a perception check through the eyes of another being, but so let's just say make a perception check with disadvantage. Okay. Uh, Thirteen. There's a a very like you almost think it's a real dwarf for a moment, but there's a a very definitely uh, dwarven statue. It's like a almost like a dwarf. priest like it's a, it's a statue of a dwarf holding their hands up almost as if to receive alms but it almost seems like more of like a oh, a, a mix between giving something away and like receiving something from up on high it's it's hard to make out Sure. Uh, Two drow, one's a priest, one's a bruiser, four other, uh, uh, I almost said four other necros, four other kenku, Kenku. and a dwarf dwarf statue. Do drow speak the same elven as, like, pop-side elves? It'd probably be akin to, like, a dialect, but not so, more of an accent difference. Kind of like British English and American English. It's not exactly a different language, but it's so different, almost on a fundamental level, that you could argue it's a different language. So, if you speak Elvish, and you grew up among High Elves, and then you went to a drow city, you'd you'd understand everything they were saying, but you're like, they use a lot of funny words for stupid shit. Alright, so as long as it's somewhat mutually intelligible, then that's all I really wanted to know. How like how open are the the streets and such of this city? Well, you guys were coming in through like a really main thoroughfare, uh, like you know the main road that leads to the way out, really, or at least the main way out. Uh, so it was pretty wide, like 30, 40 feet wide, with the secondary you know, vertical lanes 
okay. I mean, the 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 roof, as it were, was like easily a hundred feet tall, and you could see like there. Has have any of your characters been to the Great Dwarven Capital City? Uh, no. Nope. Okay. Um, I imagine not. Sure. Uh, but Lauren, since you you have as a player been to the Great Dwarven Capital City. I have. I'd akin to it's very similar to that, like heavily usage of large staircases to get up to places because you got limited space, you got to use it. Um, so a pretty tall ceiling, you know, several hundred feet tall, uh, with staircases leading up to, you know, side streets that are not par- not vertically parallel, but like just off a bit. Uh, sort of, sort of like uh... how, go ahead. What what's the visibility situation like? Pristine. Okay, so uh, there are lights. Yeah, I I don't want to just like call them bioluminescent lights because that's really kind of a throwaway, um, mm-hmm. and not trying to like get way into my own masturbatory lore here, but the drows of my world are really fascinated with fire. Okay. So. Uh, Lots of brazers, like large brazers at like intersections to light that whole area. Like, uh, like a large lamp light okay. would hang from like a you know a hundred foot long chain, and that like illuminates large areas. So it's if you go down any side streets that aren't designatedly lit, it's fucking pitch dark. Okay, but anywhere in the main area, there's plenty of of illumination. Alrighty. Figured not not all of us can see that well in the dark. I should probably yeah. check on that before we go wandering around. Right. <laughs> Good call. And so, if we need to, I can cast light. So. Excellent. Mm-hmm. If we need to, are the light. Oh, plus we just got the. Uh, yeah, I have a little orby. The thingamajig. Uh, the uh, drift globe. Drift globe. Yeah. Now remember, the driftload also casts light like a torch. It's not sunlight. Yeah, I'm not going to use it as a flashbang grenade. It'll be a really underwhelming moment. So, so you've relayed all of that to us, correct? Yes. Okay. Um. Do we want to go in swords blazing? I don't or... think that's the move. Yeah. I know I... that I would usually yeah. be the first one to say swords ablazing, but... Or fists a-punching. Right, too. I mean, like, are, are we trying to be sneaky, or are we just going to assume, like, this is a misunderstanding? Let's just you know, go to the church like everything's fine. Uh, well, we could we could go to them and say, like, hey, you know... Hey, have you seen our friend? A free, our free, a free person, you can't just enslave random people, right? I don't I don't know what the law vis-a-vis slavery is here, but... Hmm? Should we try to help the other Kenku uh, that are with Necro? I mean, ideally... Could I... Would that still be a history check for me to try and, like, recall any details about if what the law is on slavery here in absolutely absolutely culture yeah okay well damn that is only nine okay i rolled Uh, i rolled a a 20 
in in the same manner? Uh, no, I rolled a nineteen plus one. Well, I, sorry, I mean uh, for the same History. check. Yeah. Okay. History. So Nalos, what you know or what you both know is uh, that slavery does happen in Drow society, but it's it's a it's a financial slavery. It's not, um, you know, you're not born into slavery. You're not um, put to the chain because of who you are. But to be considered a slave in Drow society is just like, you know, it, it's how we would say like someone's on food stamps. Like they're on hard times. They're a slave now. Eventually they'll get, you know, off that contract. And once they're done with being a slave to this household or whatever, then they'll have some money and they'll be able to get themselves going again. Um so is it more like an indentured servitude where they yes, engage but they, in a contract? Yes, it, it, it is more of an indentured servitude. That's the word I was looking for. But they do call okay. them slaves. Like, that's the title okay. for that position. It's almost like a job. Like, some okay. people take that. If, you can't, if you're not a tradesman, if you're not a craftsman, you're probably a slave. Or if you're in a wealthy so, household. So based on this information, it sounds like kidnapping people off the street is a no-no. Uh, well... So this is where I'm going to leave Nalos behind and where I'm going to pick up information that just you know. Okay. Okay. Um, kidnapping and human and, and like person tra- trafficking okay. is rampant in, dwar- in, in drow society. Okay. Uh, it's actually a really big problem because if you can't prove who you are, then and if you don't have the money to prove that you're not a slave, then... You're probably just a slave. Uh, you know, plenty of people move into Drow cities because they're generally quite good cities to live in. But if you get, you know, it's not, it's not uncommon for uh, a bunch of Drow thugs to break into your house, beat you to within an inch of your life, steal all your belongings, and then claim that you're a slave that they bought. Okay. So, like, just Shanghai people. Basically. Okay. Um, do we know if they try to Shanghai, uh, like any other races in particular, or just? Um, the you you would know really any of this, but um, kind of continuing with like the the end cap of what, uh, um, uh, Lauren, you know. Mm-hmm. You would know that the Kinku people who often live in the larger Drow cities are not always, but pretty consistently the lower class in drow society, and ergo, are frequently enslaved. Okay. So, I'm going to relay this to my companions, and be like, you know, it it sounds like we've got some some criminals who are um, kidnapping people, and Um, turning them into slaves. We might even be able to ask the city guard for help if we wanted to get them involved. I don't... Probably rather not, but... Well... And on the matter of city guard, it's totally reasonable for you guys to bump into one of them. You guys have seen several obvious, uh, like, guard shifts as you've entered the city. 
Did I describe how they looked when you guys came up to the Portocollis at all? Uh, not no. really. Okay. The bad crossbows. Yeah, well, the ones on the parapets had crossbows. Um, the ones in the streets probably have, like, a long sword on their hip, maybe a shield on their back. You know, some, some manner of hand weapon, maybe even a spear. Uh, but uh, it's not like they're running around as, like, a battalion of 15 armed crossbowmen keeping the peace. Uh, but... <laughs> But they almost look, uh, in terms of uh, regalia, like almost like uh, Spanish conquistadors, like a very notable breastplate, and then the rest of it is is like padded cloth or leather armor. Uh, That's a good look. It's a fucking damn good look. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's their manner of attire, and how they're very usually distinguishable is that they have on like one of the breasts of their breastplate is like like a, a like a waxed on seal with like a little scroll hanging down that dictates rank but it you wouldn't know what those mean necessarily we're very busy but Nolis might want to buy some nice clothes while we're here at some point <laughs> <laughs> this happens in every one of my campaigns where we where the the the, the team of people ends up in a nice city and they're like Fancy clothes, though. <laughs> but, uh... I know one of our friends is enslaved right now, guys, but let's talk high fashion. Right. <laughs> uh, could, could I ride up to one of the guards and, uh... try and talk to them? Sure. There's a there's a group of four of them standing uh, near an intersection you're about to pass through. Okay. And, uh... And one of the, the, the guards who has the longest scroll hanging down from his wax seal on his breastplate, uh, looks up at you and says, Sir, I'm afraid due to Damar Code C724, I must ask that you dismount before addressing an officer of the law. Okay. I'm just going to hop down with, you know, the utmost ease, because I can do that. He uh, the same guardman. The same guardsman extends his hand to you and introduces himself as some word that doesn't make sense to you. It's probably Elvish. Do you speak Elvish? Nope. Um, somewhere. Th- all right. It's it just it's kind of like a fancy way of saying uh, sentinel, like that kind of word. Mm. Um, but it's an Elvish, so it sounds all like sort of fancier. French. Mm. Sure. I wasn't going to say French because that's not perfectly right, but it doesn't really matter. Um, it sounds foreign and proper, and obviously he's not making that up, but, uh, the right. introduces himself as, like, blah, 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 Esto, a pleasure to meet you. What brings you and your crew to this town? Ah. Uh, so I'm gonna shake his hand and say, hi, I'm, I'm Nalos, uh, Alor South. <clears throat> uh, we just kind of got to this city and noticed that one of our comrades, uh, Kenku, has gone missing. Um, and with the, the help of another comrade, we have on <clears throat> good information that he was kidnapped and taken to a, a church-ish building a little ways from here. Um, and my yet another comrade, uh, has informed me that that's, that's not really okay in these parts. You know, he's, he's a free man. He's walked among the outer streets with us for like a month now. The, the guard's been still holding your hand, by the way. Right. Uh, says, 
well, if your friend that has been kidnapped can prove his patronage and has the coin to show that he's no slave, then I don't see there being much a problem for after maybe an hour of discussion. But, uh... Well, you all seem to be slightly aware of the ways of, uh, of our people, so I will further you into it. At this point, he lets go. Uh, and produces from a belt pouch a uh, sort of a notepad, as it were, mm-hmm. and flips through a couple of pages and then uh, ex- turns it to you so you can read it. And in common, it says, I, blank, would like to purchase and levy blank troop of local guardsmen for a sake for which I consider justice for this amount of time at this cost. He says, me and my three fellow guardsmen here would be glad to assist you with your dispute. If you feel like you would be unable to handle it yourself, this is completely within the rights of this city, and you, even as a just visiting body, are fully, fully encouraged to indulge in this process. Do, do we risk any punishment if we try and handle this ourselves? Well, if you go against the law, then yes, I imagine me and my comrades or any other patrol would probably find you in that void of the law, but with us in your employ, even temporarily, we can assure that you do your best to abide by all laws during our levy. Also, should you in fact break any laws, it would fall upon me and mine to ensure that you either face proper reprimand or are pardoned, should it be something of a milder sensation. How much does this cost? Well, how many of there in your party? That is a factor. That is a fact. How many are still with me? Or how many have been kidnapped? How many people would me and my three other guardsmen be levied towards? Five. Very well. And you said the nature of this was a kidnapping? You seem like filling in the pamphlet, basically, for you. Yes, yes. And how long do you think we would be under your jurisdiction? Half a day? Quarter of a day? Full day? Multiple days? Uh, maybe only, like, two hours? Three hours? We'll round that to a quarter of a day. Tis the smallest uh, time you can purchase. That's, that's reasonable. Very well, so four of us, five of you, plus the one, kidnap, alleged, forgive me, but it's we must put it that way. That's, I understand. Very good. That would be a mere 80 gold. Uh. <laughs> but we do have that emerald. Wait. But the cool. emerald. <laughs> <laughs> steal from the church. That'll never end poorly. (laughs) (laughs) They're kidnapping people anyway. They're evil. Um. I confront it. (laughs) But we could also, I mean, we could probably handle it by ourselves. I don't know. 
don't want to be too crazy, but... But I don't want us to break more laws and end up in more trouble. I will punch every drow in this city if I have to. <laughs> this is exactly why I don't want us to break more laws. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's a sub subtler, subtle way to do this. Could offer them fifty gold off books. Man, I hope this is a crooked cop, then. <laughs> so far, this this man is not striking me as a crooked crooked cop. Uh, he's a drow. Wow! <laughs> in that D&D Whoa. racism box. Um, do I have any random stuff that I don't need? I do not. You can try and bargain with him, at least, if you guys want to go the legal route. Sir, could you could you give me like five minutes to discuss this with my companions? He says, "Oh, actually, a moment." He sort of puts that mostly completed held notepad, tucks it into his belt, not into a, a pouch or anything. Produces a slip uh, and signs his name on it, and says, "If you take this, you have our attention." Hesitated for five minutes, and he reaches it over to you for you to sign. And you can see that it says, says, I would like to pay these guards, uh, you know, of this captainship uh, for ten minutes, and it's like one gold. All right. All right. You sign it. I wouldn't have looked that closely. You you (laughs) sign it. He takes it. He goes, very well. We will stand here and wait for only your attention unless there is a safety emergency of the city in the next 10 minutes. Thank you, sir. Of course. Um, so we gotta like huddle up and figure this out now? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I pull everybody to the side. <laughs> so, sounds like someone uh, someone's uh, boyfriend just lost at Overwatch. <laughs> Um, Alright, so as is, they want 80 gold to help us. Whew. Um, that's that's a bit. But, I mean, yeah, Necro's our friend. We, we have spent a little over a month now. You're right, him. but we also don't know if I mean, if what, uh, What was the name I gave this captain? Esto? That's what I thought. Okay, thank you. If what, um... I keep forgetting your freaking name. Uh, if what Volus says is true, then we might not know if Necro owes money in this city, actually. I so... I each other before... We started with each other. Well, I mean, when you owe money to somebody, it doesn't usually come back back up in conversation too often, in my experience. That is true. So, we're running the risk that when we bring those guards in there legally, they might just turn around and leave, and we're out eighty gold, and we have to figure a way to get him out anyway. Yeah, 
didn't didn't his bird tell us that there were a whole bunch of other um, kinkus in there too? Would they all have been owed money, or like would they all have owed money in the same location? I mean, there's more than one kenku in the city. I'm sure. Who's down on his luck? Hmm. So we need to be careful about how we do this. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna briefly interrupt. Did you say mm-hmm. more than one kenku down on his luck? Did you make that because <laughs> of feathers? Maybe. Okay. Okay. It made me smile, and I wanted to make sure it was earned. Okay. <laughs> and I didn't even catch that. <clears throat> Go on. Subtlety. <laughs> well. I just think we need to run through all the possibilities before we make a decision like this. That's... I think that your party's running out of time before these guards fuck off. You're right. So, so we don't want their help. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we're certainly capable of handling it on our own, but what are the ramifications of that? I mean, we could get them to help, and if they end up, if it ends up being valid, then we just use the money from that hunking ass of an emerald that that man gave us, free him anyway, the legal way. That emerald did look like it was worth a lot. Approximately 1,000 golds, according to my calculations. Yeah, there's there's no way that he owes that much money. If that's the case. True. I would imagine once he's free, this looks like the kind of place that we could easily sell off an emerald and other jewels. Yeah. I, I think the guards is probably the safest bet. And if all else fails, we'll break them out. Yeah. Punch drown. <clears throat> all right. Um. See, so do you want me to just like foot this whole whole bill? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fucking greedy ass adventures. Oh uh, yeah, Nalos, if you want to foot it, thanks, bud. <laughs> I don't even have eighty gold, so <laughs> I I can I can give forty. <laughs> give him forty gold. All right, it's just gonna be me and him. Yeah. All right. So I'll go back uh, with forty from Karak and forty of my own gold, and hire on these guards. Okay, so the captain takes your your gold, produces the note again, asks that you sign the bottom, where you see he has already signed and sealed uh, his name to the the uh, bill of sale. All right, so I'll go ahead and sign. Uh, he says, "Very good, sir. Uh, do you happen to know which church it was?" It was. <laughs> hey, 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 Crack, you want to describe what this looked like since you sort of saw it? This is a stone church. It was very close to us. The, the next one on the left, I believe okay. you said. The next one on the left. 
Yeah, yeah, the, that one. The captain says, ah, uh, yes, I believe I know exactly the church. And he, like, points to it, and you can see it from here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey. Yes. So, so we can. Very good. <sighs> he uh, sort of addresses the other three guardsmen. One of them produces a horn and blares it loudly. You can hear it echo for quite the distance. Uh... And that he looks, uh, the captain looks to you all as the other three begin to march to down the street. Says, "Please follow us and do not stop for any thoroughfares or crossways. We have the right of way, and we will take it." Who Wonderful. Is do we want anybody to stay with our uh, cart? I have a feeling it might get stolen if somebody doesn't stay with it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll just, stay with it, or do you think it'd be my, my sneaking? I mean, I was gonna say I can probably. I, I imagine I cannot fit Chesapeake inside the doors of this church. Um, <laughs> that's true. Just a guess. Um, <laughs> so I I could ask her to stay here, guard the cart, look menacing, but don't do anything. To get in trouble, the captain seeing your dilemma. The, gone, I swear, uh, the, the the cart has a pair of horses to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, the captain says, "Forgive me for barging into your personal matters, but would you like me to send one of my contingency to pilot your caravan?" That would be fantastic. Lovely. Yeah. And he sort of points to one guy, and he gets up there, and he cracks the reins, and the horses follow on as your party sort of follows this growing parade of cops, you all, and your caravan. We really should have told Prince Felwyn to stay put. <laughs> I mean, he's in the cart, isn't he? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> We've had more pressing concerns. <laughs> I mean, he's got to come back to us anyway. We're going where he's going to get transformed back, maybe. Right. If you guys had let me just wrangle them and put him in a stupid leash. Hey, it's not that we didn't let you. If he didn't let you. I don't know. I could have used a lot more violence to get him in there. <laughs> that would be assaulting a royal. I'm all for punching prissy princes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice alliteration. Um, so, the you guys cross through a four-way intersection and, like, Everyone stops, and you can see some of the locals like, this shit. Um, and you all just sort of walk through, completely unabi- uh, you know, un- un- unhaltered, and uh, make your way down another street or so, and stop uh, before... Uh, what would I say? Uh, yeah, just in front of that church. And uh, the captain turns to your party and says... I will leave a second of my contingency to man and guard your caravan while the rest of us handle this issue to our contract. Is this acceptable? Very good. So, shall you all lead in and we be your legal muscle, or would you have us lead and you all fill in the blanks? Can, can you repeat that? Uh, the captain addresses the party and says, 
would you like us to lead and you all fill in the blanks, or would you rather lead and we be your legal muscle? I mean, either way to me. What? Perhaps, uh... Karak, you saw what happened. Perhaps you and the captain here can go in together. Uh, yes, I believe I could locate the room that uh, that girl was in. Okay. So, are all of you going in, or just Karak and the captain? Oh, I'm definitely going in. Yeah, I'm I going mean, in, but like... All of us. Yeah. Can, can Chesapeake get into this building? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Turns out it's the Church of Holy Crabs, and uh, it's perfectly fitted to Chesapeake. Stay here, girl. It's going to be okay. I'll be back in a bit. All right. Next, so... we have to rescue Chesapeake from a church where there's 12 other crabs in the back with rubber bands around their claws. What's a rubber band? Like... <laughs> Anyway, um, all right, so the the captain and the, the last remaining other guardsmen uh, and the party, Sands, Chesapeake, uh, walk up to the doorway of the church. The captain stops you one last time and says, I understand that your Arakoa will be standing with me as we walk through, but I must request clarity for the sake of legality. Who should lead the negotiations, you all or myself? seem to know no drow law pretty pretty well do you want to lead the interrogation questioning can you say it again so the, uh, the, the captain is asking should he lead the negotiations or do you all want to lead the negotiations um we can be pretty persuasive. Yes, you can be pretty persuasive. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can lead the negotiations, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. The captain nods and goes, very well. Oh, one last thing before we go inside. Should this break into a battle, I am going to do you all the favor and remind you that it is against the law of this city to cast any spells that produce sun-like light. Okay. Some of you seem to be a little underdressed for martial combat, so I assume that some of you are spellcasters. So please. <laughs> Should you find yourself casting a spell to, to resolve the incurring situation, I ask to stay within the confines of the law and not cast any sunlight-based spells. Not a problem for me, sir. Okay, we can manage that. Very good. Well, ma'am, I believe you're on point. Okay. So, um... I guess, walking in... Like, what, what do I see? Uh, a large double oak door in front of you. 
All right, I'm going to open that door. Okay. Confidently. Uh, right. You and the captain take a door each and open. And as you step in, you see a rather uh, standard sort of interior for a church. Several lines of pews or chairs uh, leading up to a grand altar and uh, speaking stool or speaking pedestal. Uh, and um, some... Clearly they have a choir. There's uh, as empty choir seating. Uh, and what looks to be some manner of, of large wind instrument that's un- unattended. But uh, standing at that at that podium is the uh, priest that Karak would recognize, but the rest of you wouldn't. And in front on the steps from where the pews are leading up to that pedestal is a row of five Kenku, one of which is Necro. Uh, and uh, standing next to that line is the sort of bruiser drow that I had described before. Okay. Um, oh, sorry. I totally, to... I totally forgot. There's another person in the room that you should know about. Uh, okay. Standing next to the priest is a tall, six and some change foot tall uh, high elf uh, who is dressed in very fancy clothes and ha- seems to have a mace of some sort on their hip and stands with a kind of strut like they own the fucking place. Ha, long, um, okay. birch bark colored hair uh, goes about halfway down their torso, and they stand looking you all like you took your time. Is it? Do we know if it's usual for high elves and drow to be, um, like, to get along like this? I mean, sure. They're all elves. I, I mean, also, you haven't given me a history check to find out the race relationships between high elves and drows, but, I mean, mm. nothing stands out to you on a common knowledge level, like, oh, wow, that's really weird. Uh, okay, 18. Yeah, there's... There's... Uh, there's Drow are not, like, evil elves in this setting. They're just drows that like to live in mountains, basically. Okay. Okay, so um, I'm going to walk in. Everybody else, I assume, follows me. Yeah. 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 And um, I'm going to address, I guess, the just sort of generally like the priest and the elf dude. Okay. And say, mm-hmm. uh, that I think there's been a um, a mistake. Uh, one of our friends has been uh, kidnapped and made a slave, and he is a uh, free being. Uh, the high elf begins to speak, and the priest sort of like pardons him to let him speak. Uh, to which the the high elf sort of like stamps a foot. And like takes a few steps away with their back turned to the priest, like, hmm. Uh, the 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 priest says, "You must forgive my underhanded methods. I received word from the guard of the main gate 
that I was to receive, well, unsure if friend or foe. So I employed the some local thuggery, uh, to which the drow, who is clearly the slave driver of the Kenku, sort of smirks widely. Uh, and the pr- priest continues, to ensure that I have in my stow a insurance policy to make sure that should your desires to my home and my people be kind. Should you prove that to me, I have absolutely no qualm releasing your friend. Oh, both of them, I should say. Uh, Forgive me. Uh, He sort of like nods to the high elf. Uh, I would gladly return both of them to you at no fault or or, or cost. But... Both of them? Who's the second? Uh. So I, um, I I ask, what is your business oh. in my home? Uh, we uh, seek aid from uh, some of your um, uh, religious leaders to uh, lift a curse that has been placed on members of our party. Uh, our Intent is not harmful, and uh, all you needed to do is but ask if you wish to know. The priest nods and goes, Forgive me, we live in trying, although somewhat on the surface, peaceful times. I am not a man of prowess, so I must defend my home in precursory ways. He sort of says something in Elvish to the thug, uh, anyone who can understand it, you hear him say, I release you of your bonds, I appreciate your time. And he produces a small uh, piece of paper, it almost looks like a like a, like a a scroll, and he like tears it in half and then, then to quartz and throws it to the ground. The thug goes, shrugs their shoulders, walks over to Necro, uncuffs, takes the mittens off of him, uh, and then drags the other four Kenku out the back door. Uh, the priest says, uh, looking to the captain, uh, I see that you all have been brought into this. This was never my intention, and I apologize for all of the eschewing situations. I would like to incite Street Law 782, in which case I would like you to refund the foreigners, and in exchange I would gladly pay whatever they expended to Enlist and levy your services. I want insight. Why is he doing this? Who? The guy who's talking and offering to pay her the money we just did. The priest? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Fifteen. He's entirely earnest. He thought that you all had come to potentially bring some sorrow to him and... Realizing that he had overly prepared to be attacked is trying to apologize. Okay. Um, so I, I'm going to express um, and be like, wow, thank you for, uh, for repaying that. That's um, Well, before that happens, the captain turns to you all and says, no. you all must consent to this action before it goes forward. You must also know that should this go through, our contract is null and void. You will receive the money you have paid me. My officer hierarchy will receive the payment from this church, and we will leave your side immediately. 
Um, look back at my friends. Yeah? Yay? Nay? Maybe we should just have him arrest the thug just because. I mean, they seem to have had a contract, so. Yeah, but what about those other four Kenku? I mean, if what Vala like, why, said... Why were they, why were they kidnapped? <laughs> oh, shit. I left out a really crucial detail that you just, like, asked about, and I totally was like, why is he asking that? When, um... When, uh... This is kind of almost comical. I'm so sorry. When, uh... uh the Slaver released Necro and, like, dragged the other Kenku out, uh, as they left, you see that they're actually drow. They, like, had changed their, the, via illusion, they had changed their appearance to look like Kenku. Oh. Oh. And so it was just five, four other drow. <laughs> Whatever. It was four drow in a Kenku suit. <laughs> well, that raises a lot of, like, other questions, but none that need answering. Um... <clears throat> Is, is our carriage and Chesapeake still going to be safe after, like, this guy's dismissed? Are you asking the captain that? Yes. He goes, well, once I let the rest of my contingency know that we are no longer on contract, I imagine that your caravan will have no guards to it, no. Then, uh... I'll I'll go keep an eye on the cart while you guys handle everything in here. Then I'm so sort of confused as to who the second of our party that they had was. Was it Prince it's, Felwyn? It's Prince Felwyn, I think. I'm assuming it's Prince Felwyn, but maybe we've had like you know an invisible guy following us for a while. It's our friend from the road. He's here to test us again. <laughs> Giant pink rabbit. Don't worry. Not again. All right, so, so all right. Did, did they release do, Prince Felwind when they released um, do you consent to the, I think the active thing we're doing right now is have you all consented to street law article to release the guardsmen from your employ if the Hokie's going to go outside and wait yeah. with our cart sure okay yeah. so at which point the captain walks up to the priest the priest signs a piece of paper the captain nods uh, and as he walks back to you all, he hands Nalos the 80 gold he'd received, and him, the other guardsmen, leave. Bogwe, I assume, goes with them, and you see the, the captain sort of give, like, a we're done here symbol. The other two guards immediately leave, uh, and you walk over and hang out with Chesapeake for a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna hang out with your crab. Uh, crack, here's, here's your 40 gold that you chipped in as well. Cool. Uh, the, the priest says, if I may ask to no longer boom my voice as if I was preaching to my disciples, would you step closer so we can speak more at ease? Oh, oh, sure. As you, yeah. all, as you all walk up, Necro runs up and, like, jumps into Nalos and, like, gives you, like, a full hug. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> sort of, like, tells the group thank you and that he's going to go hang out in the carriage because he needs to unruffle his feathers. I give him the biggest hug when he gets out. All right, yeah, no. yeah. yeah. Your your brotherhood deepens. Yeah, great. <laughs> All 
All right, so the rest of the party steps forward to the priest and the high elf. Write that down real quick. Brotherhood deepens. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Koo, could you go ahead and text Cody and let him know what's been going on? So we can get yeah, maybe more know. input from what how he would per- condone himself, or uh, not condone himself, but how he would portray. I'll text him, but he hasn't texted back, so I assume he's watching superb owls. Yeah, probably. I imagine he is watching the game TM. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, as you all approach, the half elf stamps back forward and goes. Well, it took you all long enough. Once I heard that you knew what church to go to, I figured you'd have some expedience in the matter. Uh, we can take a meandering path sometimes. <laughs> we know you. He looks at you with a, like a stern look and goes, Meow. <laughs> I, in my mind, it's like that. <laughs> No, it's not like a meow. You're the K-pop artist. He's not. <laughs> I want to boob his nose. Let me boob it. You, you try and boop this this person's nose? Yes, he's a gnome and he's like two feet tall. tall hey, and totally boob it. Nowhere has he been said to be a gnome. There's a, a high elf in the drow. And oh. it's like a notably tall one. Like he's six and change. Like he's a very tall high elf. Oh, I thought this was Prince Felwyn that had been changed back. It is. But I thought that he was a gnome. No. No. All right. Pump the brakes. (laughs) What has ever been said in this campaign to make you think that Prince Felwyn was a gnome? I don't know. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm legitimately curious as to how you got there. I thought he was an elf for a while, and then I thought that last session I was wrong, like, got told I was wrong, that he's actually a gnome. But if he's an elf, then that makes more sense. Yes, he is a high elf. He's standing right in front of you. Well, I still try to boop his nose. He slaps your hand strongly. (laughs) That's fine. I deserved it. All right, well, great talk. Um, <laughs> sorry, I legitimately figured that some of you would have questions, but no, not, not a no, fucking sorry, one. Sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm typing notes and things at the same time and uh, <laughs> trying right. to keep up with everything that's going on. So, so uh, I'm going to ask Prince Felwind, uh how he got changed back. He just, like, looks at you like you're an idiot and points to the priest. Um, uh, I'm going to address the priest and be like, uh... Father? Wait, what do you call a priest? Does it whatever? Uh, priest, thank you for changing our uh, our companion back to his proper form. Uh, the the priest nods appreciatively and smiles and says, "Please, the moment I saw his royal crest, I knew that it was the right thing to do. A neighboring c- kingdom should do well by a neighboring kingdom." Agreed. In a similar vein, uh, some of my uh, myself and some of my companions are um, 
have a curse placed upon them, and we would very much uh, like it to be lifted. Well, I, I, I do not have the magical potency within myself to remove another curse today, but I could do it if I stressed at a cost. Uh, I know you all just received some coin back. If I hate to take what I offer, but if you could pay for the service, I would gladly remove it post-haste. Uh, I, I think, I think, uh, if it's within our means, we'll certainly pay you, uh, good work d deserves, you know, good compensation. The, um, the priest says, well, if the accursed would sit upon the first line of pews, I could assess the gravity of the curse and would be able to tell you how much it would cost. Okay. I'm going to look back at my companions and be like, any, any takers first go? Mm -hmm. Well, I know it's me and Pahokui. Yeah, we were the only ones, and you're the only one still inside right now. I'm hanging with my bro at the cart. But I, I have the uh, the contract still. Is that a curse, or is that what? Like, what does that count as? What do you mean? Like I we're signed because we broke our contract. Okay, I still have the contract. Yeah. Well, I so have a it's mind, it, it's but... a piece of paper. Okay. All right, well, so... It's not just a piece of paper, sir. Excuse you. <laughs> it looks like a mirror from time to time. It's, it's pretty neat stuff. It's <laughs> magic. a giant asshole to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Dallas? Yeah. It's it's me and uh, our, our yak folk friend who's waiting outside. Um... How much will this... Well, you need to examine us first. Right, right, right. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and have a seat if uh, somebody wants to run out and let the hook we know to come in and get checked over. I don't, I don't know how we're going to handle this. All right, the, the priest <laughs> walks over and begins to examine you. Uh, Prince Felwyn just sort of bursts in the situation and goes, Pah! Tis fucking poultry magic that the advisor taught my hag aunts and he sort of like casts a backward hand towards Nalos and a great lash of magic strikes you uh, from his from his gesture and you can see it knocks the necklace off and destroys it uh, but you feel that with that also the curse is gone oh. nice. the burden that the Ooh. necklace had been suppressing is no longer on you, even without the necklace. Whoa. If you had told us that you could fix all kinds of things, we probably would have saved you sooner. <laughs> Why would I tell my captors, my servitude, that I was a powerful wizard? Under what circumstances would any right person aid a wizard? I mean, we're aiding you now. Well, an aid you have. I, I am myself, and I will gladly let you serve me into my glory back to my throne. Should we turn him back into a cat? <laughs> I'm going to say, good job curing Nalos. That was a very good thing you did. And I'm going to give him, like, a treat. Like a human treat. <laughs> <laughs> Give him some of that bread. 
You can't hear me, but give him some of that good bread. What is it? Yeah, I'm going to give him some of the good bread <laughs> if we have any leftover. He, good bread for the good boy. He, he takes it and looks at you and then like... And throws it on the ground and goes, I have no need for hunger or thirst. Have you ever seen me imbibe the filth you call water or ingest the disgusting vitriol you call food? I mean, you did steal some from my pack. Yeah, and that was just like... <laughs> yes, I took that from your I pack to sell it. I told to not give you any more food. <laughs> Very well. I think we are done here. Thank you, Drow. And he sort of begins to leave the church. Uh, so I'm going to go up to the priest and, like, shake his hand and say, uh, sorry for, for our, uh... I'm sorry our friend is an uppity twat. Yeah. I'm going to say that, but, like, maybe a little bit better. Also, he's not our friend. Oh... Shots fired. No longer friends with the uh, prince. I've never been friends. When have I ever gotten along with him? Right. You have to get too much of my own cats. Um, so, I guess we should follow him. Uh, yeah, I guess. Alright, the priest takes your hand as you sort of walk up to him and he nods because... Is fine. I, I serve many royals in my time. They are all this way. Uh, so, before the party can catch up to Prince Felwind, uh, Pahokwi. Yeah. You see, step out of the church, the tall uh, high elf that I described. And he just walks over, crosses the street. Like, a couple of people have to, like, stop their carts from hitting him. He doesn't even look. And he sort of Just looks... Picture spiders stumbling over their own legs, like, trying to hit the brakes. God, that sounds awful. <laughs> and he just sort of walks past you, Bohogu, and goes, hmm. And just walks, and then proceeds to get into the carriage. <laughs> Prince Felwind, I presume. He looks at you and goes, who else? <sighs> and Couldn't then, be anybody else. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't respond and he gets into the carriage well this has been quite the day guys <laughs> are you guys coming out behind him yeah yeah I guess so I I take it things went well Judging by our new elven friend. I use quotation marks around the word friend. Well, it turns out he can fix the curse that's on us. Like, he already repaired me. Oh, well, spirits be praised. <laughs> he is a little mad, though. I don't know how we're going to fix that. A little mad? Is that news? Um... Is he, um, is Prince Felwyn, like, here? Like, where is he? He's in the carriage. He's in the, He's in the carriage? Um, I mean, hope we might want to get on that. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I've grown attached to this thing. I'm gonna keep it. Uh, <laughs> I knock on the cart. Uh, before we get rolling, Prince, you wanna, you know, fix a little bit of a problem I have? What? I, uh, I dangle the talisman around my neck a little bit. Were you also cursed by my former advisor? Yes. I swear, the company I keep would not be able to hold the power of the shield I could produce with a pinky. And he sort of, like, looks away from you to look out the window, out of the other side of the caravan, and just throws his hand up towards you as if dismissively backhanding you. A blast of magical energy deals you three damage. Jesus. And slams you into the wall that's behind you. Shattering the necklace, the curse is removed. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> I, uh... Are there any pieces of the necklace? Because I want to take it and make a charm out of it. There's a bunch of pieces of it, yeah. Okay, I'm going to gather up the pieces and take it with me. Okay. I can cast men to decide. Awesome. Well, uh, this will be a side project later when we're on the road. Can you now? <laughs> Don't. <laughs> oh, terrifying. <laughs> beads. I'll add it to my lovely trophy from the drider we bought. Which, uh, ain't nobody taking notice of my, uh, drider fang, are they, in the city? I don't and know it, if they revere driders in it's, any way. It's just a fang, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, no one has noticed that you have a fang. Um. Well. We set out on our main purpose of coming here, but this, this is a pretty extravagant city. <laughs> yeah, it's not that hot in your fashion. <laughs> Right. Like what what time of day is it? Who knows we're underground. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're gonna uh, have to you're gonna have to give me a nature check to to know what time it is. Oh According God. to the sun, it's dark. Wait, I wanna I've never I'm do gonna do a nature check. Oh I got a I got a nine. <laughs> you're not tired, so it's probably not nighttime. Okay. Eat. I mean, I would be cool with doing a little shopping fun time before heading out, but whatever. Yeah, I want to change this envelope turning a hole in my pocket into cold hard cash. Alright, uh, so you guys go ahead and... Cold uh, hard cash or gold hard cash? Because... Then let's, uh, let's make a quick shopping stop and not stay the night in a drow city. Please. All right, so let's go ahead and fast forward this market sequence. Um, if you guys take it to a appraiser or whatever or a bank, you guys get one thousand and ten coins for the emerald. Let's go ahead and take a fiver while you choose how you'd like to spend that money. If you'd like to spend any of that money oh, here, don't we have more smaller gems? Do we get more smaller gems from something else? I thought we did. Uh, hold, hold on, actually, you might be right. I could yeah. be wrong. Um, but we have. Uh, 
I have I have the eighty gold of gems, so we can sell that for eighty gold. Yeah, so okay. we have a hundred or one thousand and ninety gold. Pickpocket ten gold off somebody to make it an even ten thousand. Do you want to give me a stealth check for that? Or we could try not to break balls. Huh? <laughs> Twenty-one. You get caught. <laughs> your bail is going to cost exactly ten gold, isn't it? You find your hand. Uh, you find your wrist clamped by the hand of a a moderately wealthy drow. Who looks at you and says, ah, yes, a foreign cut purse. How novel. Fifteen gold and I will forget your face. Less than that and I'll make sure you're in jail until you rot. I use my uh, furball ability of disguise self to change my face so that she now has to forget two faces and pay her fifteen gold. Just good call. And takes your gold unless you go. Sorry, guys. I just wanted to make the math easy. <laughs> That's fine. That's what my calculator is for. Let's split that up. So, yeah, you paid 15 gold for that? Yeah. Good. All right. So, uh, quick fiver. And okay. you guys go ahead and shop with that money. Uh, amongst yourselves if you want, I don't care. Uh, but I need to use the restroom, so figure it out. Okay. Okay. Alright, so we're back from a little break. The players have, uh, raided the marketplace of the, the city of, uh, Domar Dukas. Domer Dukas. Uh, and so, uh, Pahokwi, what did you purchase? I purchased nothing. Um, Kairak. I purchased fine clothing. Uh, Nara. N- Nara. I also purchased something. Vala. I purchased some sweet drow clothing. All right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, I almost said, and Pogu- uh, and Nalos. Uh I purchased some fine clothing like those guards were wearing. All right. I really hope that we all look like we're in like like a boy band or like a punk band now I'm just like walking in like slow-mo and in like vaguely matching clothing yeah i mean certainly <laughs> and certainly certainly matching in style uh all right so you all are set ready to leave the great uh gates of domar ducas do you all do so yeah, yeah i'm ready to leave this mountain Okay. There's oddly enough no exit fee, no no cost to raise the protocols for people leaving the city. So you're all. Well, how nice are they? Yeah, considering that uh, outside of that, it's it's free to breathe in the city. And that's about it. Uh, I was going to ask if you if you're drow in your universe are short orange and have large ears. <laughs> I get that reference. I don't. It's okay. <laughs> no, they do not. <laughs> well played. 
well fucking played. Yeah, I, I dig it. Well played. So, uh, uh, you are. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm imagining all the crossover for that, and it's really funny. <laughs> so, you all, uh, I do what? You you leave the city. What do you do? Get I guess we should start heading back towards where we originally planned. Yeah. Uh, the prince looks at you all and goes, do you all even know where you're going? Mostly. That's not entirely. Oh, I just like hit my dice everywhere. (laughs) Um, hold on. How about this? Uh, Prince Felwind, we should really figure out what your first name is. Um, but now's not the time. Are there any other precautions that you think we should take before making our way to your home. He goes, no. Let me speak with the horses. Alright. Alright, he walks over and talks to the horses for a moment. And uh, they sort of seem to nod. And they get emboldened. And the moment he comes back into the carriage, they bolt off in double time in the in a, in a slightly more west than south but southwest direction great I keep a tight hold on those reins alright so they just go just absolutely go you guys are going very quick is, is Chesapeake doing okay keeping up yeah, she's having to okay. press herself a little bit, but not 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 really. Okay. It's are a you fun little race? Are you mounted on Chesapeake? Yes. Okay. So you get the you get the impression that she could probably keep this pace for a day with before needing to needing to rest and a big meal. Okay. Uh, the prince sort of uh waves his hands and part of the interior of the carriage gets transformed from the like lightly unhabitable you know stagecoach stagecoach interior into a bed and he lays upon it and says wake me when the horses tire and just immediately goes to sleep <laughs> so we're inside the carriage yep and then, how do, where's the bed? Like, all right, so so looking into the carriage, right? From outside yeah. looking in, I imagine it was kind of sort of a traditional stagecoach sort of situation where it's a pair of, uh, like, uh, full-width seats. Yeah. And a window on each side, a window on the door, a window on the other side. And then he sort of just waved his hand and turned, like the back third of the carriage into a bed okay. and then and then laid on the bed and then went to sleep all right i'm not inside to question this <laughs> and i wouldn't anyway 
because now we have a bed. One bed for seven people. <laughs> hey man, it's the prince that has to sleep next to a smelly yak man. <laughs> Welcome to revenge. <laughs> right. <laughs> I brought soap. So as you all travel, not very long, uh, who still has contracts, active contracts? Me? I do. Is it just... I think everybody but Pahokwi and I. Well, no. Uh, Karak does not have an active contract. He's fulfilled his. Mm. Sorry, just uh, Nara, Vala, and uh, Necro. Yes. So, uh... You two can feel a warmth coming from your contracts. And as you sort of, like, notice that and, like, maybe fish your hands in your pouch to see what's going on, the carriage stops. Chesapeake stops. And you are all, carriage, Chesapeake included, in a completely black abyss. You can see each other. But it is a completely black abyss. Uh, anyone inside the carriage who looks to uh, Prince Felwind just sees sort of a shade of him sleeping. Like he's black like the rest of the world, but but you see that sort of shape of him resting. Uh, and you can see the horses are galloping still. Like It seems like your entire existence is still in motion. But your all consciousnesses have been moved to this separate location. Oh. Including mine outside of the carriage? Yeah. Like, you you have a unique position. You're sitting on the front of the carriage, and you can see in front of you the horses galloping. But you're not going anywhere. You're in a black void. You can look around and see your other, your other companions, uh, and that, that's it. I cast light. The light, per, the light shines on all surfaces near you, but it doesn't illuminate the dark areas. Like if uh, the light like shows and bright and like brightens the wood of the carriage next to you, but it doesn't lighten the ground near you. It's still the black void. Uh, and slightly in the distance to the left of the carriage, you see a. Uh, very comfortable looking chair inside of which you see Chet sitting there flipping through the pages of a book still dressed in his rather opulent long yellow and golden robes with bronze accents uh, flipping through the pages with a bony finger he looks up and claps his book and says oh you've all arrived please step forward your carriage will not miss you. You will still arrive as you would otherwise. I have simply brought your minds here. I wish to talk. Oh, and Nalos, please. Uh, your crab will not discard you. You are still riding strong. Okay. Nalos <laughs> uh, uh, is going to walk up to him. Yeah, I, I guess. I'm going to warily approach. Yeah. Okay. Um, do any of you watch uh, Adventure Time at all? 
I've, yeah. I've seen a bit. Yeah. Um, do you all know the Lich? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, have, are you familiar with the encounters that the main characters have had with the Lich? Like how he kind of like has that black place. I think so. Okay. I think, I've seen I think it. so. I'm trying to like put it into words that make sense because that's mm-hmm. what the, that's what this location is like. It's just you see the people that are obviously also in this place, mm-hmm. but that's it. Everything else is gone. Uh, then he's also bony, but uh, he he. I I want you to separate preconceived notions about him being a lich and all that shit. Like, don't think about it like that. Mm. Okay. Um, <laughs> he is one, but don't think about it. Well, I mean, just saying, like, don't. I'm trying to not flavor your your opinion of this character, despite the fact that he has clearly got bone fingers, uh, and and he wears a mask. Uh, so, as you all approach, does everyone approach, or just some of you? Um, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm wearing... yeah, approach, yeah. Alright, so he says, ah, very good. I'm glad that you have all not been too terribly soured at the concept of your employ with me. Uh, He stands up, and the chair sort of seeps away into the ground. Uh, And you can see him at his full height. He is also about six and some change feet tall. And he sort of uh, stretches a little bit and sort of takes the book he was flipping through and rests it on on a little, like, stand that isn't really there. And he uh, walks towards you all and stops about 15, 10 feet away so he can keep this very, you know, calm, light tone that he's had with you all pretty much, I think, ever since you've met him. Uh, And he goes, so, I know where you are. Excuse me. So, for some reason, you realize that he has suddenly become in-character muffled due to wearing a mask and all that such. So, uh... (laughs) Sorry, for the listeners at home, uh, I put a mask on that is awfully difficult to talk through uh, to get into character, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, let me get my beard hair out of my... Oh, no. Ah. No, this isn't going to work. I can't talk to him. I can't talk talk to my beard hair. I tried. Uh, Also, future me, please, please edit this out. Uh, Oh, I'll leave part of it in. This is fucking comedy gold, but... This part's going to go. In this visual medium that we use for our podcast. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Anyways, Snowchat, you were saying. I do hope that through your travels, you have not gained a sour opinion towards me. However... I see that you have bumbled into something that I I have attempted in my past to sweep under the rug. That is to say, the prince himself. 
He and his father and all of his bloodline are a corrupted people. I'm sure even if you only shared a few moments with him, you know that he is awfully pious and pompous. I don't know what you've heard, but I will dispel the truths that I think are most relevant. Yes, I killed and deposed his father. Yes, I exiled the prince. I was born of this kingdom. I live to die by this kingdom. And I think that it is time for a monarch family to rule it no longer. Twas why I approached the Adventurer's Guild. Tis why I approached you all to work for me. I ask that you please, should there be a crusade in your hearts to rally with this prince and oppose me, that you do the right thing and not. I will not ask you to bring him to me. He will come on his own rights and volitions. I know that. Do not betray yourselves. But also I ask you to not betray me. I hope the road finds you favorable. Good day. And with that he sort of turns his back to you all. Uh, and the dusk and the darkness around you resides. And you all find yourselves back where you were. Uh, you know, Pahokwi guiding the horses. Nalos on... Chesapeake, everyone else where they were before the darkness overtook. And with that, I will tell you good night. Hard choices. Mm-hmm. So, and just when we thought we understood things. As always, I have been your host and dungeon master, Kenny. I have had the distinct pleasure of having most of my party sans a warlock. But uh, our uh, our fighter. Hey, this is Nolos. Uh, signing out, guys. Our Thanks druid. For listening. Our druid. This is uh, Karak. See you next time. Our bard. This is Lauren. It's been fun. See you next time. Our barbarian. Hey, it's Pahokwe. See you next time. And our rogue. And our rogue. Alright, I'm Elise. I will uh, see you guys next time. Have a good night. Bye.